You're listening to Queer Travel Chat by Two Bad Tourists. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Queer Travel Chat. My name is Austin. I am one half of the blogger duo Two Bad Tourists. And joining me, uh, as always, every week is David. Hi, I'm here too. We're excited today to talk to two special guests, Mike and Kyle. They are the hosts of the very popular Gayish podcast. And today we're going to talk about their show, their travel experiences, their hometown of Seattle, as well as uh, talking about some stereotypes around LGBT travel and LGBT friendly destinations, places like Provincetown, Fire Island, Palm Springs, Puerto Vallarta, etc. Um, so uh, we will get to chat with them about that. Um, and in fact, we were actually on their podcast uh, last week. So now it's their turn to switch and be guests on ours. Yeah, so now we're in control. We have all the power, yes. and, uh, and I like it. So on Gayish, Mike and Kyle talk about a different gay or straight stereotype each episode. Uh, with ours, we talked about the word partner with them, mm-hmm. so definitely check that out. Um, So as a playful start to our episode, I thought we could share some things about us that kind of follow some gay stereotypes to a T, or maybe that don't follow so much of gay stereotypes, maybe they're more gay-ish, and we kind of just, um, you know, talk about our favorite topic, which is us. All right, let me me have (laughs) it. What do you have for us? uh, So some of the, like, what do you think are some stereotypes that we follow, for example? Okay, so one, we both go to the gym, right? Like, that's definitely a gay stereotype. Yeah, yeah. Go, like, multiple times a week. Um, and that, and not just that we go to the gym, but our gyms are very gay also. Sure. Like, it's... You it's like half, of the, half of the dudes in there are homosexuals. Yes, yes. Sure. Yesterday, there was a guy just sitting at the gym in his towel, and he just, like, full spread eagle was, like, trying to get, you know, someone. So I was like, okay, this is aggressive. Uh, we're both pride whores. We definitely love ourselves a, a gay pride love event. Love gay prides. Love going to gay prides. So it, that's a stereotype, Definitely. Right? Yeah. And then you're also just a whore, so... <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, oh my god. That's, slutty gay is right, a stereotype. David is a good Christian boy. I'm not I'm as sure. slutty as you are, so um, you definitely... I am the good Christian boy, and you are... Right, so basically, <laughs> talking about more stereotypes, sex-wise, David is very vanilla, um, and, and I'm not. <laughs> We're going, like, a Aggressive right at the yeah, beginning right. of this episode. Thank you for that. I mean, yes, but that I think that's true. But something not so gay, we both hate shopping. That hate is shopping. like <laughs> the the anti stereotype. Yeah, the, God, the I can't stand it. So as much as I let my clothes go ragged, yeah, like I I'm the last, I'm the last person that like my girlfriend should like bring me out to shop. Oh God, it's like, exactly, I yes, exactly. Know. And I try yeah. to make that clear. Someone thinks I'm going to be that gay for them. Yeah, no, not not about that at all. Uh, what else? We're both wine obsessed so i don't know if that's like a stereotype for gays or i think that's just like older white women (laughs) (laughs) or alcoholics okay alcoholics that could be a gay stereotype (laughs) we're drinking wine right now uh and for sure we definitely agree we both agree that the gay agenda is um you know to take the over the world and we agree with that right yeah i don't know if that's a stereotype or that's just our stance but well let's just make that stance known that if yeah. there's a gay agenda we agree with it agree. so watch out straights also talk with Tuesdays. <laughs> that's just a little bit of our stereotypes that we more or less follow um anyway let's go on and move on to the show if you like the show please subscribe to it on call in spotify apple or google podcast and give the episode a like with a heart icon once it's published you can follow us on social media we're always at two bed tourists and lastly please feel free to leave us a comment about what you want to hear more of so um, before we actually dive into the episode and invite Kyle and Mike to uh, give us their perspectives on all things, 
Uh, let's start with our first uh, sponsor for this episode, Villa Adore. It's a gate-owned luxury villa located in the heart of Tuscany's wine country and built on the grounds of a 15th century watchtower. Doesn't that sound so cool? Uh, I love wine. <laughs> I love wine country. <laughs> so we are no strangers to Italy and those countries that's worth seeing every corner of. And we're lucky enough to have been to uh, Sicily and Rome, Venice, Milan, Bologna, David's even heading to Naples in March. Can't wait. And at the top of our Italian bucket list, uh, for sure, has to be Florence. We haven't visited yet, and that is actually just a 40-minute drive uh, from Villa Dori. For an experience out in the t- Tuscan countryside, but still close enough to the city center, staying at Villa Dori is perfect. The villa provides an authentic Tuscan country atmosphere with stone walls, wood beams, handmade terracotta floors, and a large country fireplace, all without sacrificing modern, modern convenience and luxury. One of the villa's defining features is a large heated infinity pool and enormous pool deck with views over the surrounding vineyards. You can soak in the Tuscan sun on a lounger during the day and at night enjoy a cocktail by the limited pool or the private Roman spa, which is one of only a few in the region with dry and steam saunas, a sensory shower, and an eight-person whirlpool. And what I love about this place is that the owners, Christian and Stephen, have ties to the LGBT community. So when Stephen was a lawyer for the city of West Hollywood, he actually wrote the amicus brief on behalf of the cities and counties of California uh, that its chief justice relied on to uphold gay marriage in California in 2008. So that's really cool. So you definitely know you're more than just welcome at the villa. You're with family, which is uh, very important for queer travelers. Whether you're looking for some quality time with a loved one, a wedding, birthday, group gathering, or work event, just an excuse to disconnect maybe, the villa has you covered. They even offer a special pride package this year where you can celebrate with a bit of elegance. You can find the link in our show notes. So check out villaodori.com and you can start planning your dream trip. Yes. So uh, thank you for that, Villadori. And let's bring on Kyle and Mike to chat with them uh, a little bit about them and their podcast. So, hey, guys. Hey. Hey, good morning. Hey, welcome. welcome. You. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. So, uh, well, let's dive into uh, you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourselves, um, where you're from, what you do? Um, Mike, maybe you want to start? Well, I thought it was great when we were uh, setting up for the show here that I, I have my day job and I have my gay job. So um, <laughs> yes. perfect. Yes. My, my so day what is, job. What is your, yeah. Tell us about both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. My day job. I work for Salesforce.com as a program manager, uh, just typical Seattle tech nerd. Um, and then my gay job is doing this, this, this podcast with Kyle, uh, gay, the gayish podcast. Excellent. And Kyle. Um, yeah. My Day job is collecting unemployment insurance. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have to submit to the state that I am actively looking for a job. So is that I, a, wow, career! You have really good career goals. I love that. <laughs> I, I aspire to use up all of these benefits for as much as I can. No, um, I my my normal uh, day job is in digital marketing. Uh, mostly like paid digital marketing. And I decided to quit uh, my last job roughly two months before the pandemic started. And I was like, I'm just going to take a month off. And that um, turned into, I've done since during the pandemic and and since I'm doing like contract and freelance things. Um, But yeah, I'm looking for, looking for my, (laughs) I feel like I'm on a dating show, but like for a job, (laughs) but I'm looking for the next, you know, uh, mediocre job that I could do pretty good at. 
Well, I hope that your future employer doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> or, or maybe they will and they'll offer you a job. Maybe one of our live listeners, Jeffrey or Jim, has a job. You never know. <laughs> and true. I just want to say, yeah, thanks, guys, for joining us uh, live. We appreciate it. Well, let's get into more about your gay job. So tell us about uh, Gayish and how it got started. Sure, yeah. Uh, we, oh, my, yeah, well, Kyle, one. Oh, wait, uh, sorry for the delay. Uh, so, so Kyle and I, uh, we got started um, almost six years ago now. And we had this conversation about gay stereotypes and how we didn't necessarily fit into that mold that we see in media and that that was okay. Like there's the, the phenomenon in the gay world of you don't know, I don't know, Barbara Streisand, fill in the blank, it doesn't matter. Oh, you don't know that? Give me back your gay card. Mm-hmm. And we, we thought, you know, that really sucks to say to somebody. Like, why are we, why are we gatekeeping gayness that way? And, um, we decided to do a podcast. We've been friends for a really long time and, and went down this path of like, let's unpack gay stereotypes and straight stereotypes and whether they're helpful or not, and whether they're true or not. Um, and, and here we are like, 320 episodes later. Incredible. Yeah. It's been quite the journey. What, what, so what has that journey um, with creating your podcast uh, been like over the past few years? What have what the ups and downs been? Um, I think starting out like a lot of people starting podcasts, part of it was just we have we don't know what we're doing. So, um, you know, we very much started like a lot of people. We put a, a mic between us and, and had a conversation. Um, we did very early on have ideas that each episode was going to represent a different topic, a different stereotype. So that's been consistent throughout. But um, we've then kind of learned morphed and grown into the format that we have now, which is usually Michael brings some kind of history to the topic. I'll usually bring some kind of research study or data to the topic. uh, And and then among other things to help kind of dissect stereotypes. But um, yeah, definitely grown and learned a lot along the way. And while you have grown and learned a lot with each other, I mean, have you always had the same vision for Gage? It sounds like yes on the topic of stereotypes, but um, I mean, I know that with Austin and I, we've not always agreed on on where to take the business. Um, I think there's the uh, yeah, there's some parts that are shared, which is like, you know, part of Mike and my kind of core belief or, or how we fit into the gay community. Like Mike mentioned, like I think we both have had that experience and that continues to remain, you know, important part of the show. I think we knew that we were doing this um, as, you know, as something that we enjoy doing as a side project. So that's always um, been the case. Uh, I don't know. There's we actually because we've been friends for so long, and because Mike is such a chill person, we don't like any kind of disagreements. We just kind of talk through, and then we move on. So we haven't had any like major blowups. I mean, yet we'll see. Maybe in episode three hundred and twenty-five. I know <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. The storm's coming. brewing. Yeah, no, I, I I I disagree, Kyle. Behind the scenes, I. <laughs> I'm a nightmare to work with. We said we wouldn't talk about that. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) So wait, I have a question specifically for the guy on unemployment or Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Do like, do you guys like really kind of split up the the effort on the podcast 50 50 or does one of you kind of do more of it? No, Kyle does everything. (laughs) Not, not everything, but, but Kyle, Kyle has more bandwidth than I do. And, um, we, 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 we talk about that um, 
and and try to be judicious about it. We also, you know, are one of the fastest ways to end a conversation with someone is start talking about your podcast. But um, oh, uh, everybody in the dog has a podcast, but uh, <laughs> ours is successful enough that we we have we have help. We have a production assistant, Derek, and he he keeps us in line and. Um, I don't know, mediates our fights because, again, I'm a monster off the air. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I do um, a lot of the editing, which that's partially because I have control issues. So I get to decide exactly what I say and what I don't say um, and, and and what Mike says and doesn't say, which is a fun, <laughs> fun kind of thing. And then in real life, he talks and I don't get to decide what parts of what he says out loud happen just like when we're with friends he talks and i'm like wait i don't get to i don't get to edit you first that sounds <laughs> frustrating to deal it's with it's very it's so frustrating <laughs> um what do you both enjoy about podcasting i think there's something very interesting about podcasting where it happens between mike and i and it happens even when we have guests on you're allowed to start to go to very personal places and talk about very personal or even uncomfortable topics that you wouldn't be able to otherwise there's something about you can kind of you feel like you're having an intimate private conversation and then later you post it for everyone to listen to but you can right. kind of forget about that part when it's just a handful of people um you know just us and a guest or something uh, having a conversation yeah it definitely does feel more like intimate like it's just the four of us talking and I mean maybe a few people live listening but it's, but then later you like you know spew it to like thousands of people <laughs> yeah and then you either regret what you said or you're kind of happy about it oh we did hear mm -hmm. we did hear uh the the recorded um portion that you mentioned Mike, about well we'll just we'll just leave oh, no. that as... <laughs> Oh, but the, I listened the to the podcast episode. It was okay that you could bang me. Yeah, that, that. Yeah, I was like, how did he put it? Like, he's like, yeah, I would, I would bang them. <laughs> I mean, such an true. intimate conversation we had. But, but for for anyone listening to the show now, Mike and Kyle pre-recorded that portion, so David and I hadn't actually heard it until the podcast went like published. Later. Okay, I have to be totally honest. I was traveling. I haven't quite listened oh, yet. <laughs> but I am definitely, it's on my list. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to myself talk about myself. <laughs> oh my Mike, did, did uh, Kyle cover it for you or did you want to add to something that you love about podcasting? Well, uh, one of the things that I love about podcasting, I sort of didn't expect going into it, which is just the, the community that's built up around the show and the lovely, wonderful things that people say to us, some of which are, are like sort of heartbreaking. Also, we get lots of people who write in and say, I live in Alabama or West Virginia or even overseas places like Iraq or Russia. And they say, you know, there is no gay community here. There is no way for me to plug in and and have gay friends and 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 so thank you for letting me feel like i'm a part of something for an hour and a half every week and that is it's just deeply meaningful and really fulfilling and um it's been so awesome that that is great i love that answer and um 
Uh, and I agree that I'm, I'm sure it's nice to, especially the, the topic of your podcast, the fact that it's t- tackling stereotypes. Yeah. So it's kind of like, no, that's really this nice. is what the queer community is and isn't, or let's just examine what it is or isn't. And I think that's, that's cool. That well, cool. we focus more on travel. So we need to go into our, our travel topics uh, yes. before we do. Well, and yeah, speaking of fulfilling, let's talk about our uh, next sponsor who <laughs> is an uh, underwear company. So yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's definitely talk about skivvies.com. They are the second uh, sponsor of this episode and they are one of the leading online men's apparel websites with 20 different brands and thousands of different styles to choose from and if you're anything like us you probably need to refresh your underwear section uh selection i don't know about you kyle and mike but we do <laughs> for sure and since we're talking about stereotypes men are notorious for holding on to their underwear well past their expiration date case in point when we were on the mediterranean cruise last september i even packed an old pair of underwear with holes in it <laughs> which you know normal uh and while on the cruise i shared a story on instagram Instagram of the bathroom on board because it, the views were just so incredible, the floor to ceiling windows. And the video showed the underwear I was wearing because I was being a little cheeky and I wanted to show that my pants were down. So anyway, of course, so many people clocked the fact that my underwear had holes in it and they were laughing at the fact that I had just posted that to social media. So of course it was a little embarrassing and I had just had to toss those undies in the bin and update immediately. <laughs> Oh my God, guys, do not, please do not make David's mistake by continuing to wear underwear with holes in them. You never know who will be uh, seeing you in your skivvies. So the fastest and easiest way to update your undies is to shop online at skivvies.com. They've been providing quality men's underwear to fashion conscious guys since the year 2000, including bikinis, thongs, jock shops, briefs, boxers, plus swimwear. Tank tops, t-shirts, you name it, they have it. I didn't botch it this time. Did you? Yeah, I, 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 well. I, yeah, I, I think you I just got... said swimwear, though. <laughs> All right, shut it. This that. is a live podcast. <laughs> Skivvies has built a reputation on authentic products. Reliable. Skivvies, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to start from the top. Up. You're screwing it up. Skivvies has built a reputation on authentic products, remarkable customer service, and fast shipping and easy search options. I will say, do give me the more difficult lines. <laughs> For a limited time, our followers will have the opportunity to receive a complimentary pair of undies from our curated collection. You just have to pay $4.95 to ship within the U.S. Check out the link in the show notes to get your free undies. All right, let's talk about travel. Mike and Kyle, you can come back. Yeah, let's get back into it. So um, I want to talk to We want to talk to both of you about um, your travel experiences. Um, so I guess um, either one you can start off. But first question is, what's the most recent or maybe even just the most memorable place that you have visited? Um, well, so as far as recent is concerned, um, for for a large number of reasons that I can't really get into, I had a lot of travel for work last year. And I mean a lot. I had a two or three day stop in 19 cities last year. Oh, and, wow. um, so it, it was more and more intense travel than any other period of my entire life. And Kyle is a saint for like keeping the gayish ship afloat and putting up with my my ridiculous mm-hmm. schedule for what you know trying to do an episode remotely from my hotel room in Hyderabad, India. Like it was it was it was an intense year, um, but I love it. I discovered through that whole process just how much how much fun that travel is and how much I'm suited to it and how much I enjoy it. Um, I, I also I also learned that traveling makes me horny. So. <laughs> That's fair. That's a great way to get to know people. So, That's the culture. Of, uh, <laughs> what What was the highlight of uh, one of your recent trips, Mike? <laughs> um, 
Well, there were there were quite a few. I think the the story that keeps rising to the top in the like sort of salacious category was I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and I went to a go-go bar because one of the stereotypes about me that's absolutely true is I will find the go-go boys wherever I go. Um, if they are in that city, I will find them. But uh, I I got I got bit on the neck by a go-go boy. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the gay zombie apocalypse started with that bite. Right? <laughs> and, then, and then not coincidentally, when I got home, I had COVID. So um, I, for, I for sure got, got like zombie COVID rabies from. Well, it sounds awesome. like, I mean, you're saying that you, you enjoyed all of that, but I mean, uh, I hate to say it, but it's also true that travel can also be very exhausting, especially when you do it so much. And yeah, so did you yeah. not reach a point where you're just like, I can't step into another airport or are you really just like, this was a, a, a fun thing that you got to do? Uh, it's, it's a, it's a great question because maybe it's just the, the type of person that I am. Uh, when it was over, when I had gotten home from my very last stop, which was Buenos Aires, um, I crashed. I just absolutely fucking crashed. It, it was like the 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 momentum was totally gone. So while I was in it, I was fine. Not only yeah. fine, I was thriving. I was loving it. But then as soon as it was over, my body was just like, nope, and rolled up into a cocoon. And I I crashed hard. Well, and you were definitely globetrotting. It's not like you were just going to like Los Angeles or like San Francisco. I mean, yeah, Argentina, India, it sounds like you're yeah, going around I, the world. The last thing I want to do is complain about the opportunity to travel. It's amazing to be able to travel um, for sure. But I also know that when it gets to that point, when you say yes to so many opportunities, it gets uh, exhausting too, and you got to take time for yourself. What about you, Kyle? What about um, a more the most recent trip or maybe a, a memorable place that you've gone to? Yeah, wow. I'm realizing I should have gone first so that I sounded more interesting at the time. But, um, we can skip your part. It's fine. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the The last place I traveled was um, actually to Lake Champlain, where my parents bought a lake house. Um, they are retired and figuring out their retired lives. So I, um, I took two planes and a ferry to get to their new place, which is um, uh, Lake Champlain is on the New York Vermont border, but okay, thank um, you for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, um, I don't know. Should I know where that is? I've I flew into Burlington, Vermont, which the airport. I didn't see much, but the airport. I was like, this is Vermont. Like it just. I don't. I can't explain it. I was just like, this feels Vermont. But um, then I spent the weekend in my parents' new place. You know, and I mean this sincerely. It does sound foreign and exotic. <laughs> so. speaking of foreign and exotic do either of you have a um well kyle we're still on you do you have like a favorite lgbt like friendly destination either like in the states or abroad that's like known for being gay friendly i just love big cities like wherever i go whenever i travel it's just like big cities so uh, even though i have traveled to other countries and other cities new york is like my number one favorite place in the world um so uh, I don't know. It's not one of the like, you know, niche classic, you know, gay escapes. But I think there is something gay about going to the big cities. Like, yeah, we kind of have this flight tour from wherever we are to big cities. No, I, I mean, mean there's, great there's answer. so many gays in like such a compact area as well. I feel like one of the things that drew us to Madrid was the idea of it being a big city, and because mm -hmm. of that, the gay life here was extended much 
be much more beyond the the neighborhood, which is why we we love that experience. It's it's nice to feel comfortable everywhere. Yeah, and what about you, Mike? Do you have like a favorite LGBT friendly destination or gay destination where you like to get bit by go go boys? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, Atlanta was a lot of fun, and I definitely will be back. Uh, and maybe this time, Atlanta I'll, is I'll, great. I'll, I'll wear garlic around my neck or something. But um, uh, the uh, the the answer for me, I think, is New Orleans. I've been to New Orleans several times. Uh, twice, Kyle and I have been to New Orleans for the Pride Forty Eight uh, Queer Podcasting Queer Podcasting Festival. Um, but uh, it's it is just that place is ridiculous in the most amazing way. Does New Orleans have a, a neighborhood, or is it just kind of scattered around? I it's I, there are a cluster of bars um, that are are sort of together um, near the French Quarter, um, but uh, it's pretty much just like the seedy goodness, the salaciousness is woven all throughout the city. I don't know that they really discriminate. Yeah, we just we've gone only I think overnight once, mm-hmm. so we definitely didn't get the chance to no. explore. But I definitely I know that we should. Well, okay, so let's talk about some of the more uh, typical, very queer travel hotspots, uh, especially around uh, the U.S. or North America, really, like Provincetown, Fire Island, Palm Springs, Fort Lauderdale, uh, Key West. Uh, have you been to any of these destinations? I think in in your episode, Mike, you talked to us about Palm Springs. Yeah, I've been to Palm Springs quite a few times. Kyle and I have been to Palm Springs. Um, we went for Pride, and we did a a, a collab with um, Davey Wavy because he has a place down there. Mm. Um, and, and and Palm Springs is I don't know to me Palm Springs is like exactly what you think it's going to be. It's a, you know a lot of a lot of daddies, a lot of like just gay everywhere that you look. Um, and and it's it's warm and it's hot and it's nice and that's why when you live in a place like Seattle you want to get the fuck away from the weather <laughs> and um, go go enjoy some sunshine for a little while. Um, yeah, I, I think Palm Springs is great. Okay, uh, Kyle, have so you've been to Palm Springs, obviously, Kyle, with uh, with Mike. Any other of these like more typical places around North America, Puerto Vallarta included? No, and I was thinking about this, and I actually kind of avoid some of the gay places. Like, Palm Springs is really the only one that I've been to. This is one of those, like, great examples of where I'm like, I know it's for gays, but is it for my kind of gay? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just yeah. don't. I I just feel like there's a certain kind of gay that I see going to those places, and it's like the, you know, circuit party, like, muscly dude Mm -hmm. that, like, has confidence and would, like, wear a cute outfit. Like, I don't do any of those things, so (laughs) I don't know that... I don't don't know. I I probably should just accept, like, and go and and embrace it, but I just can have kind of avoided some of those places. Well, that leads us right into kind of our next, like, question is, like, what is the stereotype of these questions? And I think you kind of just laid out part of it is, like, is it that well-dressed, muscly gay boy? Is that kind of the stereotype that you think of? I do think of everyone going there to go to like various, like go to a white party or go to a big, like, you know, whatever it is. Um, Yeah. I, that's all I really, I don't know much about even the differences between, I I guess uh, Palm Springs, I went there. So I have a more solid kind of image of that in my head, but yeah. 
David and I were were chatting before the episode, and and I've been to I've been to I'm looking at our notes here. I've been to Provincetown, not Fire Island, Palm Springs, Fort Lauderdale, Key West, and Puerto Vallarta. And what I find really interesting about all these places, like we call them LGBT travel hotspots, but they're really just gay travel hotspots. Like ninety to ninety five percent of the people that go there are gay men. The only exception is Provincetown actually has a bigger like women or, or lesbian like population that goes and attends and they actually do like lesbian events and things like that. And so when I went to Provincetown, having been to some of these places, I was like, oh my God, there are women here. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and even <laughs> though it wasn't like mixed or like half, half you know, 50-50, it's noticeable. it was noticeable because normally you go to these places and it's like, yeah, a bunch of people like there for a circuit party weekend, or even if it's not a party weekend, it just, it tends to be more men. And like, I don't know, the sort of like rhetorical question I had for myself is like, why is that? And do we just like accept it? Like, do we just keep booking and move on? Or like, like, why do you know, why does this happen that we have like such a um, massive male, you know, you're talking about the ratio of gay yeah, men versus yeah. lesbians or male to female. Well, that's not just also in these towns, though. That's also just when you go to any neighborhood in any, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like the the lesbian enigma. I don't know. That's what I call it. No idea. Well, the, the, the Lesbian Bar Project is um, an organization that's specifically trying to raise awareness about the fact that lesbian bars are almost gone, that they've yeah. uh, been a precipitous decline in the number of lesbian-specific spaces. And, and you know, what do we do about it? How do we fix it? And Los Angeles just got back their first uh, there, you know, one single lesbian bar now in in, in LA. Um, it, so it's definitely a phenomenon. I think yeah. going back to what I was saying about about the, uh, like stereotypes of, of these places, I, I think it's important that we recognize that it's cis white gay men is the image. Now, whether that's yeah. true or not, that's that's the image that we see in media and on travel brochures. And yeah, that's sort of the expectation that when we go to those places, that's who's going to be there, and. Um, it really, it really does us a disservice, I think, because, uh, you know, we are such a big community and um, a diverse community. And I, I don't know, we, we, we need to pull our heads out of our asses, cis white gay men, and, and be more welcoming and supportive of the other parts of the umbrella. Yeah, that actually reminds me of a really good point. And I want to give, I want to give credit where credit is due. Actually, Fort Lauderdale, I know the, um, I work quite closely with the, the I think he's like the director of, LGBT marketing. They're one of the few tourism offices in, in the world, not just the US, but the world that has a dedicated person for just LGBT marketing. And if you actually go and look at Fort Lauderdale tourism, the tourism office of Fort Lauderdale, they are so far ahead of any other destination in the world. Like their ads are diverse in terms of age, skin color, gender identity, uh, disability. They do like specific ads, like with trans actors and trans models and things like that. And like they're just so, so far ahead, but, but like, that is so the exception. Yeah. Well, that's also the ads. The ads is where they're just starting up, but like, what actually, how does that actually play out? Yeah. You know, when well, you show up, but, but like, you have to it's... kind of start somewhere. Right. And, and like, you know, of, of all the ones we mentioned, Province on Fire Island, Key West, Palm Springs, like they're the one that's at least, um, you know, trying to like, you know, walk the walk and sort of just talking the talk. So anyways, but, but I do agree with you. I think the sort of stereotype is, is maybe just like, you know, the white gay cis man. Yeah, and I'm going to add to that. I also think it's uh, money. I, I, I also have the stereotype of, of the wealthier 
cis white gay yeah, man who's going because it, and it actually it takes money in general to travel and then especially to these destinations and especially at peak seasons it's not going to be cheap so i think it's quite true that definitely yeah absolutely well and, and kyle and i not struggle but we we are aware of the privilege involved in being cis white men like the only thing interesting about us is that we're gay and there's so many other identities that could intersect with that that just don't and but uh, cis white men have have a lot of money and power in this world and that means uh, quite often the funds to go and travel and 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 be other places well before we totally leave this topic of of these uh destinations you know is there one that you've you've both already done palm springs is there one that's next on your list i know kyle you kind of said you you avoid them is there one that you would like to go to or you think uh travel wise you'd rather just be more general um, I don't know that I would, uh, I, uh, no, I don't have one in mind. I do have this like generalized idea of like, I should just embrace going to one of these places and not like, uh, not let my anxiety stop me from, from mm-hmm. doing it. So no, but I don't have one in mind. Well, you can do one of the lesbian events in Provincetown. And... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll... <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> there, at least there won't be a bunch of white gay cis men, right? There you go. He's going to hang out with lesbians all weekend. Mike, That's do you have one? Yeah, I, I, I think Puerto Vallarta is pretty high up on my list. The number of people in my life that have been recently or are going soon who just rave about it as as their their favorite place to go. It seems like it's a really versatile place in terms of like you can go and rest, you can go and party your ass off, you can go and and, and see uh, you know uh, tourist destinations uh, around there. I, I think uh, Port of Art is very high on my list. Which actually, I'm going to have to talk to you guys after the pod is over because we've been talking about having a gayish meetup uh, sometime soon. And um, would 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 love to have your help putting it together for our listeners. Yeah, and we know we have some. One of our good friends lives in Puerto Vallarta, and it's a, a, a boat tour company, gay tour company. They do like gay naked beach tours. Yeah, we we can definitely hook you up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll connect about that afterwards. I am going to call you out a little bit about you choosing Puerto Vallarta, though, Mike, because I did listen to your episode on sex tourism, and I feel like you guys Ooh. heavily focused on Puerto Vallarta <laughs> during that episode. So I don't know if that maybe had any influence on your decision. Oh, I mean, maybe I I love me some sex tourism. (laughs) (laughs) Playing it for coy. What I had never. What that didn't cross my mind. (laughs) (laughs) The um, I I had some interesting research that that on sex tourism that happened to all be done in Puerto Vallarta. So listen, there's like there's some connections that we (laughs) we made during that episode right, right, right. yeah to be fair my first choice for all these places as well is, is Puerto Vallarta I just can't yeah Austin has gotten you've gotten to go twice now right yeah, I've gone three times I think so I keep missing opportunities to go but it's death that's like number one on on yeah. my uh next all right so let's let's change the topic a little bit actually but before we do i just want to give a shout out to our live listeners jeffrey jim derek and rudy plus two others which i don't see your names thanks so much for for listening in live um but let's let's change it a little bit let's talk about the opposite of popular gay places so for example i think there's i think there's this sort of um i guess when we look at the world of travel there are many anti-gay places right and ten many tend to be like uh like arabic countries or muslim countries where um you know 
LGBT people are not necessarily welcomed. Um, or, it's of, co- or you're going to, no, not, or, or it's many, completely illegal. Or many of them, yeah, sure. But I, but I want to talk specifically about popular tourism destinations that, that, are, that, not are, that are not gay-friendly. So, for example, places like Dubai, Egypt, Morocco, even Eastern Europe, or, or like the continent of Africa in general, like most of those, or at least the early ones, are really popular tourist destinations. Like, how do you guys feel about you know, should LGBT people be going to these places? Would you go personally? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I mean, there, yeah, it'd be, I think it'd be hard to write off like entire countries of not at all visit. I could understand why people might, especially, you know, if there's some heavy like penalties for, for going, it's, it's funny. You see like LGBT friendly destinations and, and you can like search that and you'll see all these results and it, it, it is not as that's not as ha- it seems like a really happy thing, but the reason we need that is because it's not safe some yeah. places, and we need so it's it's one of those things that's actually kind of scary and sad if you think about it. But um, I th- I think they're uh, talking about privilege. Like I think there's a level of privilege you have when you're from the U.S. visiting a place. Like things are probably not going to happen to you, like less likely to happen to you because then it would be like an international incident. So I think there's value in like going places and being as gay as is permitted by law and could help others see that there are also like that gay people exist. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, like it's a really good point. Like obviously in all these places, people from, you know, us or Western Europe, wherever is safe, like, may choose not to go there but what about all the millions of lgbt people that live in those destinations like we kind of like forget that they exist and and we're not all the same in the sense of like who can actually maybe pass as straight right yeah, so yeah. If, if you have to consider sure. that when you're traveling if you're going to a place that's extremely unwelcoming um it's not going to be the same decision for someone who can pass versus someone who feels like they can't pass mm-hmm. so that's a lot to take into consideration i think <laughs> Being being single, so not having to worry about if I traveled with a partner, like would I, you know, how would we act or whatever. So there is some kind of um, plausible deniability when you're single. You don't have to, you don't have to like go back in the closet, but you're also not necessarily always like, hello, I'm Kyle and I'm gay. Like you can just kind of, <laughs> you can just kind of go through it and maybe get some side eyes, but you know, maybe yeah. not ever have to bring it up. So I don't know. I think a lot of people still really believe, and I don't know why, but when two people are traveling together, that they're cousins or they're brothers or they're sisters <laughs> and they're clearly yeah, in a relationship, just... but people just want to believe what they want to believe. They'll see yeah. what they, they want to see. So that kind of works in our favor sometimes when we need it to. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? I know you mentioned you had visited India and I'm sure you've been to some other places. Like what's, what's your kind of viewpoint on some of these anti-gay places that are popular for tourism? Uh, well, in 2018, I, uh, I took a, a sabbatical from work and, um, I was, I don't know, that was how I processed my divorce, but, uh, I, I, I took the Trans-Siberian Railway all the way from Vladivostok to Moscow in Russia. And, uh, that's a, that's an eight day train ride, uh, if people are unfamiliar. And, um, when I was going, everybody was like, you are a single gay man. What are you doing going to Russia? And, um, but I, I think there's just this this realization that, like like Kyle was saying, if you're a single person and you're not like farting rainbow glitter all over everything, you know, people <laughs> for the most part just presume that you're straight and and, yeah. and you're, you're you're perfectly perfectly fine. 
I did, um, I did hang out on the apps and, and um, maybe shouldn't have. And I did go to a couple of gay bars uh, in St. Petersburg and Moscow after the, after the train ride was over. But um, I don't know. I never felt, I never felt unsafe, but I, I think everybody, everybody was worried about it. And then similarly last year um, stopped in Dubai and uh, I was like taking the apps off of my phone as the plane was landing. So that, uh, you know, I would go through, immigration there and not have to worry about explaining my gay stuff in a country where strictly speaking homosexuality is is punishable by death or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. i mean i think i think our visibility is is important i think going to those places i think we do take some risks but you take risks every time you step out your door yeah, and we only sure. make our advancements by by taking those risks i right. think well on on a lighter travel topic we want to know uh cuz you both live in Seattle right so we want to know uh for LGBT travelers what would you recommend that they do or see or should uh, they have yeah, go, go to Puerto Vallarta I think Yeah go to Puerto Vallarta instead <laughs> I honestly I've been to Seattle a very long time ago but I have I don't really I don't know the city well is what I want to say but I have very positive images of the gay community there Seattle, to me, is the opposite of everything that I, all the stereotypes or ideas that are in my head about the gay destinations, Seattle is the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Like, you do not have to, we are not, like, dress up and go out kind of gays or a city in general. Like, you just don't, you just don't do that. You can, you wear, like, literally whatever you want, wherever you want. Um, so that's part that I, that I like because I'm not a, I'm not a clothing gay or a fancy, like I hate dressing up. So there's part of it that I feel like you can kind of come as you are, whatever kind of gay you are. And then there is a, like the neighborhood I live in is the, the gay neighborhood. And we have a good collection of gay bars that you can kind of do your bouncing from one place to another, or depending on what you're into, there's different vibes. There's the gay sports bar. There's the gay leather bar. There's, and then there's probably other stuff that I'm not thinking of that are gay friendly. But it's a very like gay friendly uh, kind of city. What What's the name of the the neighborhood in Seattle? Capitol Hill. Okay. Uh-huh. And, to... and Mike, what's the grinder scene like in Seattle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, not the question you asked. I think you can tell a lot about where you are in the world if you open up Grinder and count the profileless, uh, the the pictureless profiles, and the ones that are just headless torsos. Seattle has a lot of faces. You will see a lot of faces okay. in the grid, and that tells you something about the safety here. What's what's the go-to if I'm going to go out on a normal Friday or Saturday? What's the go-to first typical gay bar I should go to? Great question. I think Seattle, the scene here is so large that we have specialized bars, right? Like a lot of a lot of places, there's like the one bar, and that's where everybody goes. We've got yeah. we've got you know, probably a dozen or more just in in Capitol Hill alone, and there are <laughs> others in in other parts of the city. Um, and it would sort of depend on your vibe. Um, uh, I, I think Madison Pub is a great um, sort of starter place because they very much are. It's a sports bar. You wouldn't even know it was gay, except that some of the beer signs are in rainbow. It's you know TVs with with sports on them and and uh, pool tables and, and pinball machines, um, and they have a very strict like uh, you can't take your shirt off at Madison Pub. The the whole point is is to to, to be together, um, and uh, I love that. I, that has to be a rule for the gays. Keep your shirt on. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, so ridiculous. 
we're thinking about taking my brothers there uh, um, when they're when they're here in a couple of weeks. Okay, well then noted for my upcoming trip to Seattle. So uh, well, I'm going to say I think Union is the gay place to go. I think that's where you get all fancy, and, and that's like the closest we have to like you go there and judge other people and like kind of. <laughs> David, like you would love that. That's okay. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the younger, prettier, better dressed, sort of snobby gays. That's that's a great place to go for that. Absolutely. <laughs> Keep it. Right. I mean, I'm thinking of like I'm Phoenix, and I think I mean this is 20 years ago. Amsterdam closed, right? Oh yeah, like 15. Years it, but ago. so when I was there, and then when we were in Chicago, it was like Roscoe's or, or like Sidetrack. Or, or Sidetrack. Yeah. There was just There's this staples. Big, yeah, I don't know for Madrid. What's the staple here? The thing is, they're all. Oh no, uh, Delirio. When you go to a club, oh, Delirio is the staple. It's a. It leans younger. Well, we're, it's, we're aging out. But of that's it, because but... it's open every single night. That's probably why. Yeah, but that's that is the place. It's just yeah. common, even in a city like this that yeah. has such a big one. Well, uh, boys, before we wrap up, is there any question you wish we had asked you? Something you want to share, or uh, something you want to plug? Um, well, I mean, our, our website is gayishpodcast.com and, uh, we would love it if people would check it out. Our new episodes drop every Thursday. And, uh, like we said a little earlier, we try to cover a gay stereotype every single episode. Um, we, we would love to have you come, come take a listen. And I wish you would have asked me more about my, uh, being unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> we really delve too much into that, but we I can, we can dive right that. into it right now. We don't have any, we don't have any time limit. Okay. Yeah. Great. Let's do it. Let's really get into it. Let's save that for another episode. Yeah, we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> All right, guys, we always like to end the interviews uh, with this question. So Mike, I'll, I'll pitch it to you first. Where are you traveling to next? Uh, this weekend, I'm going to Chicago. Um, I, I'm still involved in my fraternity. I was in a fraternity in college, and I'm still involved uh, in, in that. And by the um, way, we do either on your podcast or on ours have to dive into for, like being a fraternity oh, yeah. and, and gay and fraternity <laughs> life. We, there's a lot to dissect there, but please go on. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 going to be in, in Chicago this weekend. And then uh, Kyle and I both are going to be in uh, Boise, Idaho at the end of March. Um, I love Boise. <laughs> I don't know anything yeah. about Boise. <laughs> uh, we're, we're performing at the Treefort Music Festival uh, on, on Friday, March 24th. Are you doing like a song and dance or? Uh, doing, doing our show live. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I figured. <laughs> I hope they also sing and dance. I so. hope they sing and dance too. So is that the same for you, Kyle, then is Boise the next place? Um, I actually, before that, my, still Mike and I will both be going there, but we're, um, going to, we, uh, have a Dungeons and Dragons group that we've had forever. And twice a year we go somewhere together and hang out and play games and stuff. So that's going to be in Eastern Washington at, uh, Lake House on what is called Badger Lake. That sounds like so much fun. Oh, it's I, a blast. It's like super geeky and fun. That's, that's cool. You're not yeah. a Magic player, are you? Magic the Gathering? Are you that? Type I of grew gainer? up playing Magic the Gathering, and I have one <laughs> friend that every now and then we've played a few times, and I lose always because I <laughs> forgot how to play, and I'm like re-remembering. But do you still have a deck? Oh my god! I went home to, and hung out with my parents, and they were like, you know, trying to get rid of shit, and I was like can you just, can you mail all my magic cards up to me? So I actually have my magic cards. Okay, well, when we meet in person, uh, yeah. we'll have to get a game in of magic yeah. awesome. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I can't just wait. Dungeon Dragons, that's the, mm -hmm. on the list. Well, uh, thank you both so much for joining us uh, today. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thank yeah, you for having us. Yeah, okay, we will. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. 
Oh, now it's David's pointing at me. I guess I need to start talking. Uh, what do I say? Oh, yeah. Thanks, listeners. Guys, thanks so much for joining us, Mike and Kyle. And thanks to all of our live listeners uh, for joining. Um, be sure to check out Gayish wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow Mike and Kyle on their socials. They're at Gayish Podcast. And they also recently did a great episode on sex tourism that is worth a listen. So uh, be sure to look out for that. I love how we like put that as a thing to... We, well, they also did a great one on Epbound Partners, <laughs> which is the one that we're on. Yeah, but no, the tourism part I know, just intersects I, with our podcast. And I did listen to the sex tourism one, which was fantastic. So, um, well, uh, if you like our show, please subscribe to it on Colin, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. Give the episode a like with a heart icon when it's pu- once it's published. You can follow us on the socials. We are at Two Bad Tourists. And uh, lastly, please feel free to keep leave us. Ugh, I can't talk. Leave us a comment about uh, anything else you want to hear more of. We do pay attention to those, and that gives us great ideas. So we want to make sure that we are keeping out an eye out for them. Yes, and for a quick sneak sneak peek of our upcoming episode, uh, we don't have the date set exactly yet, but it's going to be the week of March fifth, most likely March ninth. Uh, our good friend, uh, Richard, who actually happens to, to work with us, he's our travel writer for, for our website and many other things. He's actually going to be in Salzburg um, on a like a four or five day trip. So Salzburg's in the west of Austria, famous, gonna, for, famous <laughs> for like the sound of music. Okay, um, so this is Austria. Yeah, okay. so uh, we are going to interview him. He's going on a trip. Yeah, for exactly. A so he trip. is going to uh, be, I guess, an we've expert in gay Salzburg. Salzburg. We've never been to Salzburg. No, we've never been to Salzburg. Okay. So stay on the lookout uh, for that episode. Yeah, that's always fun to talk to somebody about their experiences because he'll be able to give all the tips and the fun time that he had there. So. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, thanks so much uh, for joining. And until next time, uh, we'll speak uh, later.